ESPN 94.1 FM at 8 and 9.30. The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Wednesday, October 23rd. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone line. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. Well, we start the show this afternoon uh, with some breaking news. Uh, we're getting uh, the details now, but uh, according to a criminal complaint that was uh, filed earlier this afternoon, around 12.15 today, the 400 block of 21st Street, Brandon Drayton was observed by a Marshall University police officer forcibly grabbing a female around the neck and shoulder area Uh, According to the criminal complaint, also yelling at her, uh, he is charged with felony strangulation and domestic assault. Uh, According to the uh, reports, the victim had visible red marks on her neck and chest area causing her pain. As according to the complaint, uh, there was also uh, a witness to this giving a statement. Uh, According to a statement released by Marshall University, Thundering Herd Safety Brandon Drayton has been suspended from all team-related activities. Marshall University will have no further comment at this time. So uh, until further notice, um, that is all we're going to hear from Marshall University on this situation. Uh, But this does not look good for Brandon because uh, this wasn't a a situation um, in which it's maybe uh, verbal, it's actually witnessed physical altercation. Uh, any abuse is, is bad, but uh, this doesn't look good for him because uh, there is witnesses to the situation as well, and um, yeah, there is a definite um, contact. Uh, so, again, the victim, according to the complaint, had red marks around her neck and chest area causing her pain. Uh, so... You can say you were in a, a, a verbal dispute with somebody. That's one thing. But when you are witness to be assaulting someone, it's completely different. Uh, takes a lot of uh, benefit of the doubt away. Again, uh, I do not know directly what happened. So I, I'm only commenting on the facts that I understand at this time. But it's, uh, it's not good for, uh, for Brandon Drayton right now. And uh, Marshall University has responded swiftly. And correctly, I think, in this situation, um, he has been um, suspended from all team-related activities. This is now a criminal situation, so the university will allow the criminal court system and the justice system to uh, do its job. Uh, He was taken to the Western Regional Jail. His bond set at $55,000, so not the way we wanted to start the show this afternoon. I want to welcome you in here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930, I mean, that's just, I'm a little speechless on that, honestly. I mean, you don't, um, you don't hope any of these young men do something like this. And you know, we've talked to this kid before. And of course, based on just, you know, limited interactions with him, you know, I, I wouldn't have said this about him. So, yeah, again, it's a little, um, a little shocked right now, just a little bit. But uh, uh, if um, everything is true, um, you know, he's probably not going to be back on the football team uh, I don't see it. I don't see him being a member of the Marshall University uh, football program. 
Uh, I don't know how you come back from this, to be honest with you. Again, um, he has uh, been arrested on strangulation, domestic battery charges. Um, the thing I wish for him is because, uh, um, you know, the evidence seems to be there, according to the eyewitness report. Um, yeah, I, I, I hope he gets help. And I don't know much of the situation. So I hope the young man um, gets help, gets counseling, realizes what he's done. It's a major mistake. Uh, I can't absolve him of it. I can't. Um, yeah, there's no defense. And I'm not trying to. It's just, um, yeah, you hear this about a, a student athlete at Marshall University. And you know, your first thought is you hope it's not true because you you cover these young men. And at the same time, um, yeah, you never see it coming. To be honest with you, you don't see it coming as well. So, uh, again, the statement from Marshall is uh, he has been suspended from all team-related activities. And uh, there will need no further comment from um, Marshall University Athletics at this time. So uh, we, of course, will keep an eye on the story and, and follow it again. If you're just joining us, uh, the, um, the story of the hour is Brandon Drayton, Marshall University football team, uh, arrested on strangulation and domestic battery charges. And uh, looking over some of the reports, uh, WSAZ is even reporting that, um, and this is, this is really probably going to be uh, the most damning of all, uh, a Marshall University police officer saw Brandon grabbing the victim around the neck and yelling at her. So according to the WSAZ report, uh, that's pretty much, that's locked right there. I mean, university police officer sees you do it. Oh, uh, wow. I, I hope this kid gets help. I mean, that's the only thing I can really say about it right now is I hope this kid gets help. And uh, I hope the victim's okay. I mean, we we hope she is. Um, that's... Yeah, that's not excusable. You can't excuse that at all. There is um, there is no there's no reason for that, no reason whatsoever. So, uh, I I hate to hear that, but at the same time, I you, that's not excusable to me. Just domestic violence, period, is not excusable to me. So I um, again, I hope he gets help. Um, we're going to turn our attention to um, Marshall in Western Kentucky. I've got Randy Lee joining me here in the next few minutes. He's the play-by-play announcer for Western Kentucky, so we're going to talk to him. We're going to turn our attention uh, back to the game itself, and if anything else comes out about this, uh, we will talk about it. But uh, when we come back from break, uh, we have got Randy Lee, voice of the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers and a Marshall University alum when we continue with today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Joining us on the program now, he is the voice of the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, but more importantly, he's one of us. We won't say that too loudly uh, to uh, his employer. Randy Lee, voice of the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, joins us on the program now. Um, this is a tough one for you. I mean, you, uh, your school is homecoming, your employer, rivalry game. I mean, uh, this is this is different for you, isn't it? Every time. Well, you know, Paul, I was a man of Marshall for four years, but I've been a Hilltopper for thirteen. Well, um, Randy Lee, former um, former friend of the program. <laughs> no, uh, 
<laughs> Come on, your degree says Marshall, unless you got some graduate study work elsewhere. Come on. I did not. I did not receive. Yes, I, my my degree says Marshall, and yes, the program, but especially WMUL radio uh, means a great deal to me. Okay, I mean, come on, I bill you as a friend here, and um, oh, bill you as a friend, but no, uh, you've um, you're taking sides here. Well, you have to, though. <laughs> you have to, because um, you've been the voice of the uh, Western Kentucky Hilltoppers for a long time. Um, uh, you're on the other side of this. You see it from the uh, WKU side. Uh, we've been talking to Marshall players this week, kind of, kind of feel what this game means. And you know, I know this isn't the hundred miles of hate between Western Kentucky and Middle, but boy, this one's coming to be something just as good or almost as special. Well, Paul, I think if you talk to our players, um, the majority of them would indicate uh, they feel like our biggest rival is Marshall. If you would talk to our fans who are probably 45 or 50 years and older, uh, they would lean toward the MTSU rivalry because it's been a lot, around a lot longer. But in that locker room, our biggest rival is Marshall. This game is, um, other than an incident here or there where uh, one team couldn't stop the other, uh, this game has come down to the wire, it feels like. It's been pretty chippy the whole way. Uh, and I'm sure that's why it's in our locker room. It's uh, it's our biggest rival, uh, simply because of uh, you know what has happened, with the exception of the you know the one game in Marshall a few years ago where uh, you know Marshall didn't have the best of teams that year, and it was the last game of the year, and I think they had probably just cashed it in. Uh, but every other game has been uh, you know very uh, competitive. Uh, the games have had a lot. In, you know, it didn't mean much to us a year ago here because the Hilltoppers are having such a bad season. But for the most part, it has meant a lot to both teams. This one has everything written for another big finish from somebody, uh, another game that's going to hurt the other team. Western Kentucky's coming in, pristine in the conference standings, controlling their own destiny. Marshall has got its destiny back by winning since the Middle Tennessee loss. Middle Tennessee has since lost a couple of games, so... Marshall at the moment has its destiny back. These two teams meet. The winner is going to have uh, at least uh, the inside shot to get the East Division championship. I mean, go from there. The storylines are set. Yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, uh, on the you know the Hill, Hilltopper side of things, these next two weeks are pivotal. And now, if they win the next two weeks, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to clinch the East. Uh, mathematically speaking, but it probably will uh, because the Hilltoppers have FAU next week, and you know, they're a game and a half of, above uh, Marshall and FAU right now because they have, haven't lost the league game and they played one more league game. So these are the two most important weeks in WKU season. Uh, for Marshall, a win, and you know they're tied for first. So uh, uh, it'll be a new season for them if they're able to pull off the win. Uh, as uh, as the favorite, I think I saw somewhere around a five or six point favorite, and I think most people feel like Marshall will win. They certainly had all the publicity going into the season, picked to win the East. Um, they probably played a little tougher non-conference schedule. You know, Boise State and Cincinnati uh, are, are better than probably uh, Louisville and Army, the two big non-conference games the Hilltoppers have played. So, uh, you know, that's probably why Marshall's favored. And, uh, and uh, you know, they, uh, they had all the expectations, won another bowl game a year ago while the WKU's program finished 3-9. and nine. They did win their last two games, though. That may have helped out a little bit, and, uh, but they have a brand-new staff. It's not the same team it's been the last couple of years. Uh, it's really not the same team. Many of the Marshall fans have seen you know, those great teams that were able to go to Huntington and win. They were fueled with offense. So they could you know, put up 67 in the overtime game. They scored almost like 60 two years later up there. This is not the same kind of offensive team. 
but these teams are better. This team is better than any uh, WKU team Marshall has seen defensively, and it certainly has the best defensive line uh, that I have seen here in my 13 years on the Hill. And that's an interesting point because that's a couple of things that the players, when we talked to them this week, have brought up. One is you look at them early on film and you look at them now, completely different team, just completely different from that first part of the season to now. And the fact that, again, this is a game for Marshall where Marshall's strength is going to be the run, and Western Kentucky's been really good defensively run-stopping team. So uh, we're going to find out which one's better. Yeah, the only game really WKU was not able to stop the run in was against Louisville in the first half. Uh, they had a running quarterback who ran a lot of option. Uh, their quarterback would drop back and take off and run. They made adjustments, and Louisville really didn't run much or well at all in the second half. Uh, so really, that is the only half in a game this season where anyone that's had much success running the uh, shocking upset loss to Central Arkansas the first game of the year. That was basically um, because of a fourth quarter. Uh, WKU was up 14 late in the third, driving for another score. Um, they got a penalty. They missed a field goal. And then they gave up a bunch of long passes. They gave up six or seven passes of better than 20 yards in that game. And uh, Central Florida, Central Arkansas threw it for 400 yards in that game. And most of that was in the, you know, the fourth quarter. So take out that fourth quarter. Uh, and, um, you know, you're looking at a team that has a better record, but you, you can't. But, uh, but, but like I said, the run stopping, they shut down uh, Army. Army was averaging 286. I think they gained 137. Uh, Charlotte came in there uh, at the time leading the conference in rushing. Um, and they had the leading rusher, and he had uh, 45 yards on 15 carries. So, uh, they have been dynamite, and it all starts up front. Defensive tackles are good. Defensive ends are great. One name that keeps coming up when talking about Western Kentucky with Doc Holliday, with the players, is Lucky Jackson. Is that kid not graduated yet? I mean, do I need to come and walk him across the uh, the aisle on the stage when he's done? Well, you know, Lucky's had a good career. I mean, now he's not, you know, he's not a Taewon Taylor and. Uh, and a Nicholas Norris. So he, he's a good college player, but yes, he's been here four years. I think now he's eight. He may be seventh after this week if he catches a few passes all time. Uh, so yeah, he's a good player, but he's not some of the breakaway wide receivers that the Hilltoppers had during the Jeff Brom era. But uh, yeah, you, you know, certainly he was big last week. It may have been his best game of his career. Had uh, five catches for 145 yards and also three touchdown pass. So um, that's the first touchdown pass he has thrown. So he's a good player. He's not a first-team all-conference kind of player, but uh, he's probably the leader in our locker room, though, um, in that regard. So he's probably the most important player we have in terms of just leading everyone else. Randy Lee's joining us. He's the voice of the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers and um, another name that uh, has come up. And uh, you know, how good is this kid? Uh, graduate senior quarterback Ty Story getting a lot of attention. Ty Story played at Arkansas last year and started nine games. Uh, they wanted to make a change. The coach there, Chad Morris, who had been at SMU, decided he wanted to bring in his former quarterback from SMU, plus Arkansas won, I think, one game last year, maybe two. So Ty had a you know, decent year there, but the writing was on the wall. So we certainly were in a situation, WQ was certainly in a situation where they needed some, you know, some another quarterback with some moxie and some experience so Tyson Helton decided he would go after an SEC quarterback who had started last year so he comes here in August and he was neck and neck with Stephen Duncan who was one of three starting quarterbacks this program had a year ago which was one of the reasons probably they finished three and nine they never really had a 
a starting quarterback. And Steven sort of nipped in there at the end. Steven Duncan started the first three games and broke a bone in his foot the third game of the year late in the second half, but uh, finished the game. And it's been Ty's new job since then. And in each of the last three games, uh, Story has completed 21 passes. So he's, he's accurate. He does it in different ways uh, against Old Dominion. Of his 21 passes completed, 10 were on screen passes. Uh, he did throw the ball down the field a little bit more against Charlotte last week because Charlotte put a lot of men in the box and they were bound and determined since they've been just being, they've been gorged giving up run, uh, yards offensively on the ground. They were not going to allow that to happen last week and they didn't, but uh, Story was able to you know, complete some big passes to Lucky Jackson and, and he threw for about uh, close to 300 yards. So he's not a dynamic quarterback. He's smart, uh, gets them in the right plays, gets them out of the, the wrong plays. He is pretty, um, uh, a little, little tricky and got a little moxie to him for like a third and four. Uh, and he'll find a way to get five with his legs. He's not very fast, but he's able to find a little nook and a little cranny here on quarterback sneaks and things of that magnitude and direct snaps where he's been able to move the sticks, uh, you know, maybe three times a game. So he's been, he's been good in that avenue. On the defensive side of the ball, the name that's getting everyone's attention right now is Delano Moore. He had a couple of sacks against Charlotte. He's been doing that a lot. He's someone that Marshall's going to have to count. Yeah, D'Angelo Malone is having probably the greatest year to date of any defensive lineman the school has ever had. As of right now, D'Angelo Malone is leading the nation in tackles for losses. He is, I believe, now third in quarterback sacks. Uh, he leads the conference in quarterback sacks. He leads the nation in tackles for a defensive lineman by over two per game to the next defensive lineman. He's special. Uh, he's very fast. Last week he was matched up against a left tackle for Charlotte by the name of Cameron Clark, who last year, according to Pro Football Focus, allowed the fewest quarterback pressures in Conference USA, and Malone abused him. So uh, D'Angelo's a special player. They move him around a little bit, too. Uh, you know, they moved him to the inside a little bit against Army to help out on the dive. So they move him around a little bit. He's not always lined up at the same spot. And uh, give credit to our uh, to the WKU defensive coordinator, uh, Clayton White, who's found a way to make sure teams don't know where he's at all the time so they can you know, pretty well plan on maybe double-teaming him uh, on a particular play. You look at this this defense though they're they're not the type that looks like they're going to go out and blitz you or do really over aggressive things they're just out there doing work I mean it feels like they're just a workman like group out there on the defensive side that's a great quote uh, Paul because D'Angelo Malone after one of his big games he was on the radio and we complimented him and he goes hey I'm just working so that's pretty well the uh, mantra for this team. They don't blitz much. Uh, they re- they get pressure from both ends. Malone and his sidekick, Jawan Jones, was a freshman All-American last year. He's having a good year, too, at the other defensive end. He has three-and-a-half sacks, but he's lost in the shuffle because of the Angel Malone. Now, they do have a linebacker that blitz occasionally, Kyle Bailey. He has you know, a couple of hurries in this or that. But for the most part, they don't really sell out and, and blitz that much because they can get you know, get the pressure they need from Malone and Jones on the outside. And their defensive tackles are good. Uh, I don't know if WK is going to have Jeremy Darvin back this week. He had a high ankle sprain in the Army game and did not play last week. He's out of a boot. I'm going to practice here in a little bit to see if he is practicing. He's their best defensive tackle. They have another one by the name of Jalen George. Uh, when those two guys are in there together, uh, they are special. And they can also generate a pass rush from the defensive tackle spot. Uh, Darvin has two sacks 
and uh, Jalen George has uh, three-and-a-half tackles for losses. So when you put Malone, George, Darvin, and Jones together in that down four, uh, it's the best line I've seen in my 13 years here. And another little note, they're all from Georgia. Randy Lee's our guest. He is the voice of the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Marshall, Western Kentucky, East Division showdown coming up this Saturday at Jones C. Edwards Stadium. Homecoming, a lot going on. Uh, so, uh, exciting game. I was just laughing. I had uh, someone from the Alumni Association with me yesterday, and I asked him, was it deliberate that WKU was the homecoming opponent? And uh, he laughed and didn't comment. Well, of course it was. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I think that's a good thing. I, uh, I would, uh, I, I'm sure if Marshall was coming here in 2019, they would have been WKU's homecoming opponent. It's funny how these, uh, I mean, there, there's not that much history between these schools, but yet there is so much history between these two schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, I think this is one of the rivalries that Conference USA really needs in, uh, in the East Division. No, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And, uh, and you know, I think it was very, uh, um, I think it was a good thing for Marshall, for WKU to come into the league and be good in football. Well, you know, pretty good when they entered Conference USA, then they got a little bit better. Because I don't know that Marshall had a natural conference rival, and because of the location, uh, you know where you're located and where the other schools are at, uh, you know I, I think it really helped out. Basketball's been fun too. I, you know oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's been. Hey, but, hey, at least you were proud though. Marshall did win the uh, the postseason tournament, uh, the College Insiders tournament. I mean, as an alum, you got to be proud for at least for well, five minutes. I'm not Come a on. big CIT dude. I'm just not. Uh, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm from the old. I'm from the old school. I like the NCAA and NI, I love the NIT. But the other tournaments, I don't really follow too much. I mean, I know who wins, but I don't. I, I don't. I guess I'm from the old school, thinking, well, I don't know that we should even have them. Am I showing my age now? I think a little bit, but the, I mean, come on. There was a nut, net cutting ceremony. Uh, I mean, there was a trophy. There's a banner going to go up. If it's not already well, there, deserve, come on. Deservedly, deservedly so. You got to be a little proud. Marshall basketball, a a postseason tournament championship. Come on. I was root. I was rooting for the hurt. I know you were. Um, yeah. This is. Um, I, I am. I am Facebook friends with John Elmore. Uh, he's a good one to have, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. He was so good. And he was such a good kid. He would come over and talk to us before the game. And not very many players. I mean, we didn't even invite him to come over, and he came over. And uh, you know, not very many kids are like that. And I really liked him. And uh, personally, um, I didn't know his dad very well. You know, he was a year behind me in school, and we went to some basketball camps together. Uh, he was uh, sort of a quiet dude, who sort of you know um, hung by himself a little bit. But uh, but uh, John isn't like that at all, and uh, I-, I loved his game. I thought he was as important to a team uh, as any player I've seen in-, in my time here in Conference USA. I really think he was that important to that program and uh, class guy on and off the floor. And I'm rooting for him like crazy over in Europe. Maybe he'll get a chance here in the NBA someday too. But uh, boy, he was he was so fun to watch. He was just a pleasure. Uh, to watch, of course, the Hilltopper fans are glad that he's gone uh, because he he kept them from going to an NCAA tournament uh, uh, three years ago, or is it two years ago now? Two years ago, yeah, when, a couple uh, years ago. He, he single-handedly won that game in the second half. I mean, let's throw some more uh, fuel to the fire here. Let's make this thing big. <laughs> I mean, let's do it. Let's make it big. Forget Western Kentucky. We need to come up with a good name though for the rivalry. We need to find a, a really good name. I'm surprised that. There hasn't been one. I haven't even seen any tossed around. I thought with uh, there is one. There's one. That, there's some of one your that's tossed around. Intelligent writers able to come up with one. Yeah, one's tossed around. It's a. Uh, it took off okay. on uh, Twitter 
Uh, it's a moonshine throwdown. I, I, I just I'm not. I feel- heard that. Yeah, I'm not feeling that as well. I just, no, I don't think it fits. Well, it doesn't. If 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 WKU is located like in Pikeville or uh, you know Richmond or uh, somewhere over on that side of the state, maybe. But uh, there's not a lot of moonshine over here. Fair enough. Uh, Randy Lee's our guest, yeah. the uh, voice of the uh, Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Uh, you'll be in Huntington uh, the day before, right? Um, because um, I mean, you you got to hang out with Bill Cornwell. Oh yeah, the man. The uh, main man of Huntington is taking me to La Familia. Let me correct myself. He's meeting me there. He's not <laughs> taking me there, and he's not paying for my meal. I'm meeting him there. Come on. He's not picking the tab up for that? In my 30 years of knowing Bill Cornwell, not one time has he picked up my tab for anything. That's funny. Um, I'll have to give him the business about that tomorrow. Exactly. I'll, I'll take care of you. Don't worry. I'll take care of you on that one. I, pr- I appreciate that. Randy Lee's my guest, uh, the, uh, the the only man that I know who um, is uh, for the other team and still sends me things in the mail, like uh, photos of uh, famous goaltenders. John Van, was, it, was it Davidson or John Van Beesbrook? I said you. He sent me Davidson, the now current president right. of the New York Rangers. Oh, I didn't know he was the president. Yeah, the Rangers he took over the job. Um and uh, they've got this big rebuild going on right now. Hey, speaking of rebuilding, I am so excited to be there Saturday because of something other than the football game. In my days at Marshall as a student, the baseball team played at Watt Powell Park. They played down the bank from the married housing units. I even forget what that field was called. And now the ground is being broken for a real stadium. And I could not be happier for the Marshall baseball program because they have done an extraordinary job of putting together a competitive and a good team in many years and playing either in Charleston or the park they played in, and we'll probably play it again this year. It's very difficult to recruit, too, and they've done a good job. I'm happy for them, and I'm finally glad they're getting a baseball stadium because I thought they, I wanted them to have a baseball stadium when I was in college in the early 80s. So we can we can date Marshall alum by you know if you're doing carbon dating you know, you use uh, baseball parks as uh, as the, the factor you're probably a University Heights guy. I was uh, I think one year of Watt Powell Park possibly and then the rest was uh, was University Heights. I believe so. Yeah. I think you're a okay. University well, Heights guy. Below the Merritt Housing Unit. Yeah, yeah. I was a University Heights guy. Okay, mm-hmm. and. Um, Hopefully they're going to put Jack Cook's name on that thing. I don't know. Groundbreaking Saturday, 10.30 a.m. if you're anywhere in the vicinity at that time. Well, at least they should allow Jack Cook, when springtime comes around, to come down and sell his tomatoes outside the stadium. <laughs> that is brilliant. That, that is Just have a, like a Jack Cook tomato stand out there. That's exactly. brilliant. You know, in, in Pittsburgh, Manny Sanguin has his barbecue joint. Boog Powell has his barbecue joint at Camden Yards. Jack Cook deserves to have his tomato stand outside the new stadium. I love it. That's a good idea. I'll have to forward that on. Well, you know what? That that will be the um, that's the agenda I'm setting. Uh, Jack Cook tomato stand. <laughs> Randy Lee's our guest. Uh, he is the voice of the Western Kentucky Hilltopper. So we'll see you Saturday, uh, and uh, I'll make sure to um, talk to Mr. Cornwell. Uh, come on, don't let him kid you ever. He's got cash in that wallet. Don't let him kid you. Oh, you darn right he has cash. He's never been married. He's never had any kids. Never had to buy a home. The guy's loaded. He goes to Europe every year. He goes to Disney at least once a year. At least once I mean, a you know, year. <laughs> I know how expensive that is. He's loaded. Randy Lee's our guest. <laughs> Thanks, Randy. I'm, uh, this is the best. Uh, this is the best segment I've had in a long time. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
You're welcome, Paul. We'll talk to you soon. That's Randy Lee, the guest of this, uh, my favorite guest, all time right now. He, he just won the title, uh, voice of the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Uh, we got player interviews when we continue with today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Never miss a moment of The Drive with Paul Swan. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We continue our preview of Marshall in Western Kentucky. Had a chance earlier this week to catch up with a couple of players during player interviews. So if we've got time, we're going to hear from Will Omer. But uh, I've got Nazi Johnson queued up first. And uh, when talking to Nazi this week, I uh, kind of wanted to get an idea from him as uh, he was doing film study, getting ahead of what Western Kentucky looks like. I uh, want to get his impression. So uh, this is what Nazi said he thought stood out when looking at the film this week. Uh, it stands out they got a, they moved the corner to their running back. Um, he used to play corner. Now he's their starting running back. Um, he has the most rush um, carries in our conference. Um, they got two playmakers in the slots. They like to get the ball to, and, and they got really outstanding wide receiver core. So, and our quarterback came from Arkansas. So, I know, we know a lot about that team. And with that said, I wanted to know from Nazi, what's the importance of this Western Kentucky game? Yeah, it's it, it's a good opportunity because it's a rival that goes back way before I got here. So, it's going to be a good game, and then this can either make us or break us our season to get us to a conference championship. It's like 2014, like way before. I'm feeling a little old, man. Way before I got here. What? They haven't played it that much, Nazi. Um, all kidding aside, um, this is a big game. There's a lot going on. You got homecoming and everything that goes with that. And uh, I asked Nazi, uh, you know, how do you keep focused this week? Our coach emphasized, like, it's just the next game. So we got to uh, take all the um, stuff out and just think about it's the next game, the next opponent. We got to play, um, work on our little things this week, um, execute the game plan, and uh, it should be, it's going to be a fun game this week. Now, one of the questions Nazi uh, answered was the fact that this game always seems to have an edge to it. Uh, it's a little chippy, maybe. Uh, the players get up for it. You can tell by all the conversations we've had this week that there is that rivalry aspect to this, and uh, Nazi responds to the question of this game kind of always having an edge to it. Yeah, I think it's it's back when uh, Marshall won that championship when they lost, uh, I guess, that one game against them uh, that year when they went, like, 13-1 or something like that. Uh, they lost to them, so I feel like it's it goes back then, but I really don't know, like, the history behind it. I just know that um, every time we played them, it's a close game, and uh, we just, I guess, they just don't like each other. That is for certain. Just don't like each other. Uh, now, um, Nazi talked about a couple of players that the that the defense is going to have to deal with. Uh, first of all, running back Gates Walker. Here's uh, his impressions. Uh, he's a, a one cut, get downhill uh, type of back. He doesn't like to juke for real. He just lowers his shoulder and get downhill. So I feel like he gets that because he's a def- he was a defensive player. So he's tough. Um, he, he's a tough running back. And finally, uh, Nazi talks a little bit about the wide receiver Lucky Jackson. He's a big play guy. He's one of the big play um, guys, but they got two little fast guys in the slot, uh, number seven and uh, number two. They love to get the ball to him, but those three wide receivers, they run, they're the motor to their offense, so we got to contain them guys. That's Nazi Johnson. Let's turn our attention now to Will Ulmer. And uh, it was the same question I asked of Nazi, same thing I asked Levi Brown when we heard from him earlier this week. 
what have you seen on film? What's the breakdown? Uh, film study-wise, uh, we've seen a little bit of what they do. Uh, you know, we know they can give us some different looks, and uh, we're starting to get a feel for you know what all personnel they, they rotate through. But they've got some good defensive players, and uh, it should be a pretty good challenge. And that challenge includes number ten, D'Angelo Malone. He uh, he does have really good statistics this year. You know he's a he's a longer, twitchy looking guy, and uh, you know he should be a, a fun challenge to to block this week. He uh, you know they they all play really good uh, assignment football. I feel like you know it, it's very seldom that they're ever out of their gap, out of position, and. Uh, you know, I feel like the scheme has been working for him a lot, but he's, he's also a very gifted athlete on top of that, so that, that helps. Now, we've talked about the Western Kentucky rivalry. We've talked about it, and we've talked about it. And now Will Omer talks about the Western Kentucky rivalry. It, it definitely does. You know, there's, there's a little bit of a, a resonance through the team because of who we play. And, uh, you know, you see people on campus. Oh, it was Western week and, you know, big – rivalry game this that and the other but 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 there is a difference you know uh historically there's always been it's always been a good game when these two teams have met and uh yeah everybody's excited to to see what happens in 2019. Now one thing I wanted to know from Will if he could maybe express it because he knows a little bit more than some of the guys is what does this game mean to him? Uh, this means a lot, you know. I've been here for a while, uh, sort of harp off what Levi said. You know, I, I was standing on the sideline and watched us get beat 60-6 to six my freshman year. And, uh, you know, I've also been on two teams that have beaten them, and it's just always a fun game. It's always a, a high-intensity game. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one that you always want to get, you know, given the opportunity. Now we wrap up with Will Ulmer and again what's it going to take to stay focused uh homecoming games important standings it's the new hotness when it comes to rivalries this is probably the game that you look forward to the most in conference USA it's not Florida Atlantic it's not Charlotte it's not Old Dominion not even Southern Miss this year it's Western Kentucky and with everything going on you know, keeping focus this week is going to be important, and here's uh, Will Ulmer talking about that. Uh, you know, there is a lot of stuff going on around us and everything, but everybody knows it's important that when we go when we go in the Shoey building or we go into a film study or a practice or whatever, that, uh, you know, we just sort of have this tunnel vision, and, uh, you know, nothing on the outside really matters. It's all about, you know, doing what we need to prepare to be able to win this football game. And, uh here lately, everybody's been taking our preparation very seriously, and uh, I, I feel like that's part of the reason why we've been so successful. All right, that's Will Ulmer. When we come back from break, we'll wrap it up on today's edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're wrapping up today's edition for Wednesday, October 23rd. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. If you weren't with us earlier in the program, it bears repeating our top story of the day. A Marshall football player has been arrested on strangulation and domestic battery charges. According to a criminal complaint filed, uh, Brandon Drayton uh, has been charged 
because um, according to the complaint, uh, a Marshall University police officer even witnessed this. Um, Drayton uh, was witnessed grabbing a victim around the neck, yelling at her. So uh, this is a case of domestic battery, also the strangulation. Um, According to the reports, uh, the victim had red marks around her neck and chest area, causing her pain. Uh, Drayton was taken to Western Regional Jail. His bond set at $55,000. Now, uh, Marshall University uh, issued a statement to me earlier this afternoon uh, in regards to this, and it reads, Thundering Herd Safety Brandon Drayton has been suspended from all team-related activities. Marshall University will have no further comment at this time. Other news uh, today, uh, the 15th-ranked Marshall soccer team Yesterday, um, they played to a draw at Wright State. Pittsburgh Pirates today uh, partying with their longtime team president, Frank Coonley. Also, um, Florida Atlantic defensive line coach Lane Thompson, uh, according to the reports, committed an NCAA violation when he held the same position at South Carolina last season. It was a recruiting violation. So uh, those were the stories uh, we didn't get to today. Hopefully we can try to get to them tomorrow. We will be back on Thursday to do it all over again. Special thanks tonight to my guest, the voice of the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, Randy Lee. For Randy, I'm Paul Swan. This has been The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930, presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Have a great evening, everyone. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.